The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Welcome back to the final podcast for Group C of the 2016 World Championships. I am Walter Fedchuk. Joining me above me is the ever-wonderful Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. And Chase, as we said on the IMA podcast, you have become quite the connoisseur of Chinese League of Legends. How excited are you for our team today? I, I love EDG so much. They make me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside in a way that I didn't even realize. Not, like I, I knew this team was good, right? Like as an analyst of the game, you know, obviously we tend to cover Europe and North America throughout the year. I don't watch yeah. a ton of China, but I watch enough of China during the year. Like I knew that EDG was doing something special. I did not realize just how special this team was until I saw them play in these playoffs. And I went over the VODs a second time and then over the highlights and just over all of the things that make this team work. I think this is the second best team in this tournament. I am so excited to talk about them today. And I hope that I will do them justice for the sake of Kelsey Moser and Froskier and, and every other LPL analyst out there who is counting on somebody to actually know what the heck they're talking about when they talk about this team. So that's my goal for you guys today. Uh, and that and to continue earning titles like ever wonderful. That was that was awesome. That was that meant my that was, you know, a warm and fuzzy feeling right there. Almost as warm and fuzzy next, as the feeling I get when I watch EDG VODs. So next time I'll call you effervescent. How does that sound? <laughs> effervescent? Does that work? Warm and bubbly? That, I, I'll take work? it. Um, I will, like I told you, man, whatever titles you want to throw my way, as long as I get to talk about some awesome Chinese teams, I'm ready to go. So, so let's talk about some awesome Chinese team then, because we haven't seen EDG on a international scale since last year, and they were sort of part of the kind of Chinese collapse at the 2015 World Championship. So what has changed with Edward Gaming? Why is it this time that they're going to carry the hopes and dreams of China to a Summoner's Cup? Well, I think the first thing that we have to realize is that uh, this is a organization that is not afraid to make changes when they realize things are going wrong. Uh, Koro is not starting for this team. Pawn is not starting for this team. Those were investments in which they put a lot of money, assuming that they were going to pay off. And as soon as they realized that they weren't going to get the most value in that direction, 
or when injuries came around, they had a next man up strategy and had these guys that they had been coaching since the beginning. You know, I mentioned on the IMA podcast that IMA uh, was at one point a sister team to EDG. Uh, when they qualified, of course, you have to sell your team. You're not allowed to own two, but that relationship is still incredibly strong. Uh, the teams get along very well. So they had a very good scrim partner for a long period of time now, and they both of those teams, I believe, have gotten better as a result. Uh, that is, by the way, the reason that Athena is on IMA is because that used to be an EDG thing. But, yeah. you know, we're looking at a team who was built for a, a, a resurgence. You know, you talk about clear love, you talk about a guy with a ton of pride, a guy who takes every victory and every defeat as a reflection of himself. That's something that the LPL casters mention time and time again, is just how mm-hmm. much of a leader that he is. And when Clearlove got second at the summer playoffs, uh, at the spring playoffs, I should say, and they didn't get to represent China at MSI, that was a personal affront to him. That was him not being good enough, and he had to improve, and the team was going to improve because he was going to be smarter, he was going to be better. And there's just that kind of mentality that oozes from everything that EDG does. It's the exact kind of mentality that... China didn't have last year when all of the rumors said that China didn't scrim the way that they should. They weren't practicing as hard as they could have. They weren't taking it as seriously. They thought their talent would be enough because they'd gotten to the world championship two years in a row. (laughs) And then last year they had a rude awakening. And funnily enough, EDG was the only team that actually did their job and got through the group stage. Granted, they were playing an H2K with Lulex on it. And the Taiwanese Bangkok, or sorry, not Taiwanese, the Bangkok Titans from the uh, SCA region, the Southeast Asian region. So maybe not the greatest of all potential threats to them, but this is a team that learned a lot from last year. They learned how it feels to lose 0-3 to a team like Fnatic, and they don't want it to happen again. And they went out and they had a perfect season. They did not lose a single best of three. They did not lose. They lost seven maps over the course of the entire split in China. That is including the playoffs, by the way. They were 32-5 and in the regular season. Even TSM, as dominant as they were, could not say that. That You, you, it, watch, your, you watch your mouth there. I'm just you saying. They dominated in a way that we have not seen in China in a regular season in a long time. This is something like, you know, season four, you know, winter SKT kind of thing where they just rolled over everybody. And with the exception of that 3-2 semifinals against World Elite, people didn't get close to this team. And when they turn it on and when they're playing to their best, this team is just so much fun to watch. And... I'm just so excited that we have the version here with Mouse and Scout, two guys that, you know, they went through the regular season and they played around, you know, should it be Koro or Mouse? Should it be Pawn or Scout? And they went with the young guys. They trusted the system that they built. And they have two pretty awesome players that are now the pieces that I think were missing when you look at what ended up losing them uh, a little bit last year. So, so yeah, you bring up the two young guns, and obviously for EDG, everyone knows Clearlove, everyone knows the meme about him that Thorid and Frostgirin created. Like, 
we know about that. So, so tell me a little bit more about Mouse in particular. Because this has been the name that I have heard from people that, that pay attention to Chinese League of Legends, the Frost Garens, the Cal, uh, Kelsey Mosers, Raz, all those kind of people. That's the name that when they talk about EDG, that's the guy to watch at Worlds. So, yeah. so what can you tell me about Mouse? Why, why was the decision to go with Mouse over Koro so important for EDG's success? Well, the thing that you need to know about Mouse is that he plays carry top laners. And mm. it is amazing to see what happens in a Chinese team, you know, a region that is already built on being aggressive. You know, if you think there's a 55% chance you can win a fight, even a 50-50, if you think you're more talented than the other team, you're going to take it. And now you have a guy who is better than most of the top laners that are going up against him and okay. plays the kind of champions that take advantage of that. Of course you're going to love that. Uh, his Echo is beautiful. Echo is my favorite champion. If you guys have been paying attention to the podcast, you guys know that by now. His Echo is one of the best I've seen on the world stage. Okay. Uh, he is one of the few people who dare to pick Aurelia even on 615 where it is a pure, you are either better than the opponent or you feel really crappy for picking Aurelia, and he crushed in that game. <laughs> I mean, the guy just, you know, game in and game out has been even or better. And and he was doing this, you know, we're not going to ignore the fact that Looper is one of the best top laners in the world right now. Looper is a guy who is going to be one of the biggest things I talk about when I talk about Royal Never Give Up as we right. get to Group D. And he made Looper look foolish in most <laughs> of these games. Even even while Looper was, was doing the best that he could. I mean, they're just... When Mouse is on a roll, when they give him resources, he is very difficult to stop. And, you know, it's funny. We say we don't want to talk about clear love, but the truth is that... A lot of what makes Mouse work is clear love and the champions that he's willing to play. We saw that in the losses they had against World Elite, clear love was playing champions like Hecarim. When it's slower, you need to focus more on clearing waves, and then you go and you uh, once you clear the camps, then you do these later ganks. That's not how this team operates. This team operates when you get an Elise or a Rek'Sai or a Gragas or even a Kha'Zix. His Kha'Zix was legendary during the summer split. Mm -hmm. um, you put him on something that can actually make plays and you set Mouse up with any amount of resources and he doesn't look back. And he will dominate that lane. He will split push whenever he can. He will be whatever you need him to be in the team fight. I cannot tell you how many great Echo coming in from behind. There, there was a, a particular tower dive, I remember. I want to say it's game two of their series against Royal Never Give Up. It may have been game one, where they dive the enemy tower. It's about 10 or 15 minutes into the game. He gets the kill onto the jungler and then immediately ease back, gets the kill onto the support, and gets a third kill on the... Like, it's just an <laughs> insane number of things that went right on a teleport that we didn't even think was going to be happening because he was well deep into a lane matchup against Looper, who you usually don't want to let just farm up by himself. Right. He's a guy... They, they have confidence in him. They trust in him to make those kind of plays. And that, to me, is what makes him scariest of all, is that he is a guy that clear love is willing to say, yeah... 
I'll give you my time and resources. I will let, you know, we can let Deft do Deft things. We can let Mako be the player that he is and let, you know, that bot lane take care of itself. We don't feel a need to play around the bot lane the way we did last year. We can play around you, Mouse. We can even play around you, Scout, every once in a while. But when you open that possibility up, when you no longer have to say the best part of our team is the only way we can win, going back to my favorite phrase, win conditions, EDG's got a lot of them. And man, oh man, oh man, is it just fun to watch the number of different ways that this team has found to win games. This this roster is stacked. Yeah. From from top to bottom. We talked, you know, we said, oh, it was Cora. Well, now it's Mouse. They decided to go with Mouse. Clear love. Arguably one of the best junglers in the world. Best jungler some, in the world. I sorry, Peanut. I understand. That's, that's fine. So, some people argue Peanut. Some people argue Ambition. But the general consensus is is usually clear love. Like I'll concede that point. You went from Pawn, who was absolutely ferocious on EDG uh, up until the injury, and they bounced around between Athena, who ended up going to IMA. Now it's Scout, who potentially could be the uh, the SKT Jimmy Garoppolo, potentially. Maybe. Oh, man. I, I got to say, just my 30 seconds on Scout, because I know there are more important <laughs> things about this team to talk about. Uh, they played eight games in the summer playoffs. He played seven different champions. He won on all of them but Karma and Syndra, and both of those were solid games that were not his fault. The Syndra game was rough. I will, I will say that. But he won, he won a game on Zed. Zed was a champion he played and won and won big. He was 638 on that champion. So he's Jimmy Garoppolo. Got it. He's 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 won yeah. on Talia. His Lissandra is terrifying. He plays this t- he at one point teleported in and deft advantage. They get the teleport in, get the deft arrow to land exactly when it does, then double cue the scun with the Lissandra ult, and the guy was just nuked off the face of the planet before he ever got a chance. I mean, Scout does this all the time, like it's just no big deal. Uh, he is going to fit in. <laughs> He's, he had a great Twisted Fate game. He's going to fit in with this meta just fine. Uh, and and you, you, you bring up Deft, the best AD carry in the world, yep. and Mako... Arguably the best support in the world, maybe, maybe two. He's pretty, pretty damn good. So with yeah. all this star power, with as good as every one of these players are, give me the weakness. Give me the Achilles heel. Give me, give me what the Trojans are going to be going after when they encounter EDG out on the battlefield. What, what's the weakness? I got as a TSM fan, I gotta know. Look, there is no such thing as a perfect team. This team gets pretty close. Like I said, they only lost seven games in one of the most competitive regions in the world as far as just, at the very least, with a region as aggressive as it is, it is so easy to snowball games. And the fact that teams just couldn't says so much. But I'll say this. World Elite managed to take two games off of them, and they could have won three. EDG had a game where they were behind by over 12,000 gold, and they won off of three incredible late-game teamfights. Because EDG and Rocks Tigers are the two best pure 5v5 teamfighting teams in the world. And you can get away with that sometimes. But more often than not, if you give up a whole bunch of free kills, 
it's going to cost you. And as I said before, when that's happened, it's when they've put clear love on farm heavy junglers. When clear love isn't actively making plays and they go on this more proactive defensive style, it opens up some opportunities for weakness. It opens up things where, you know, the immobile cinder just gets ganked to death. It opens up things where suddenly Mouse isn't getting any resources because he's being ganked all the time and either being forced out of lane or at the very least, you know, dying here and there and then towers are falling and the gold goes against them. And it's very, very hard to play from behind and especially the way EDG plays because EDG will either beat you in the first 10 or 15 minutes because clear love will get ganks and snowball you on mouse or scout will start roaming and snowball there or deft will play for this you know level two power spike he goes so aggressive in the early levels and then goes right back to the deft you were thinking of where it's like oh he's just going to farm me super well (laughs) except he forced me out earlier so now it's a giant cs lead that he has basically every time at the 10 minute mark and it's you know but if those things go wrong uh deft and maiko have been you know challenged in the past you know Tower dives are a thing that China does all the time. AHQ will tower dive these guys. H2K will tower dive these guys. And so if Clearlove is playing this more passive style, if you try to dictate the pace, that's the best chance you have. But I will tell you this. You better have that game wrapped up by the 30-minute mark because if you do not, EDG will win that team fight almost every time. Their team fighting is immaculate. Clear love, their shot selection that he, you know, whatever calls he's making, it's so pinpoint accurate. It's honestly downright terrifying. I don't know how they can get that many calls right every time when they make these team fights. Even in the games they lose, they make these trades that are scary. I'm like, you should not be getting, you know, two for threes or two for fours. When you're down by 15,000 gold, this should be a wipe that costs you the game. How are you still playing? How is this still happening? But they do it because they team fight better than just about anybody in the world. And if you're going to challenge that, you have to challenge them early and you never look back. Because any amount of hesitation and deft and clear love and scout and mouse, all these guys are going to get this giant smile on their face. And they're going to be ready to 5v5 you. And I mean, good luck. I'll say good luck to those of you who want to try to play this team head on. So in the groups, do they lose a single game? Maybe. Maybe. I'd say maybe. And I say maybe because what is the weakness I just said? Well, you know, diving them a lot, snowballing an early game. You know who loves doing that? AHQ, my boy Westor. <laughs> that is exactly what they love to do. Now, are they going to be able to win the team fights afterwards if they don't snowball quickly enough? No. Heck no. But Ziv can keep up with Mouse in the right situation. Uh, Mountain can do enough to keep Clear Love off the back. If they win the pick and ban phase, which I think backstairs is, is good enough as a coach to do that, he's not quite as good as Aaron, but, you know, Chinese teams have in the past struggled early on in the world stage to, you know, understand the meta right away. Or sometimes they'll pick weird picks like, say, remember Skarner from last last year? <laughs> that was a thing that they thought was a good idea. 
No, it was not. Um, so, so there's a chance in that regard that they drop a game. I don't think there's any chance that they drop two. I think H2K or AHQ could have the everything goes right game, and EDG has that one loss because they didn't take the opponent as seriously as they needed to. And then they'll just go in full-on crazy mode. And for those of you who are right now sitting back and saying, oh, ho, ho, look at the guy who's talking about how awesome China is. Haven't they forgotten what happened at Worlds last year? To them, I say, haven't you forgotten that Season 3 and Season 4 had a Chinese team in the finals of the World Championship? Let's not forget that up until last year, China was more dominant than any of the other regions that you're going to try to name at me. And in the last three years, there have only been two regions to make it to a finals, Korea and China. So until any of your other regions step to that, don't talk to me about China not being able to perform on a world stage. (laughs) I'm tired of hearing it. I'm not going to listen to it. Don't even bother. Don't come at me with that weak sauce. Don't, that's what. That's all you're saying. Don't, don't do come it. at me, bro. This, this EDG team absolutely could win a world championship. I they they are strong so. enough to do it. And this is the first time I felt that way about a Chinese team since probably season three. And that was because we didn't quite know how good Faker was yet. We knew we'd had one amazing split and that one amazing series against KT Rolston, but we didn't know exactly how good. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is incredibly strong, and if everything goes right for them. It's, I mean, if they get a lead, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Maybe the Rocks Tigers do. No Faye, I'm sure, is scouting it out. Um, I'm sure Faker is looking at this and saying, there's got to be a way I can mess with Scout's champion pool because as deep it is, as it is, no one's is as deep as Faker's is. Uh, but man, oh off. man, I, I love this team. I, I went into this skeptical that they could be as good as advertised, and I think they're honestly now underrated by uh, the, let's say, Western fan base. I'm not going to say analysts because most analysts know better. Uh, you don't have a perfect season in China without doing a lot of stuff. Absolutely right. But West, meet your new potential overlords. This team <laughs> has it in them. They, are, they should scare you more than most teams at this tournament will. And I'm so glad that I get to watch more of them at Worlds because they are just a joy to watch. Well, Chase loves EDG, and we hope that you loved us and that we were a joy to watch and to listen to. Mm. And if you want to catch the rest of our stuff, we've gone through groups A, B, and now C. It's as easy as one, two, three. And we're going to come back tomorrow with Group D on both the YouTube the SoundCloud, and even the iTunes channel. So while you're here, go ahead and hit subscribe on one of those three channels. On YouTube, you can find us just by looking up Rough Drafts Podcast. And on SoundCloud and iTunes, look up the eSports Rough Drafts Podcast. And you can always tell us why loving EDG is such a blessing and why you are ready to bow down to our potential Chinese overlords on Twitter at the Rough Drafts Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook as well. Just look up the Rough Drafts Pod. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you if they want to bask in your admiration of EDG? If you want to hear me talk about what will undoubtedly be my favorite mouse of all time, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Red Shirt King. Even above Mickey and Mighty Mouse. 
But you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Look, if Mickey Mouse wants to play Echo, I'll put him back into consideration. <laughs> That's all I ask, man. Just you, you can do it, Disney. Get make it happen. I feel like I feel like those rights are just too expensive, even for Disney. But D also stands for Group D, which will be coming back to you tomorrow. So until then, everybody, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>